I know this is happening in the sky. I know this is happening in my chart. I can think critically about how they interact. I can talk to an astrologer about how they interact. And then I can make my choices informed by that. And so, you know, it doesn't take away your free will, but it gives you extra information. Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. Well, what do we talk about? Mm, wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're do all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. We're back. Hey, I want you to know that I acknowledge your efforts. And I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks. And you too. All around. And nice. I say because I know there's something going on in your Venus. <laughs> how do you know how I like Venus? And that's the kind of feedback that you need right now. It is, Zoe, and I appreciate you listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, we joke, but it's not actually all that, you know, silly. We had a chat with Haley Hausman, who's in charge of brand and content at Sanctuary, which is a very cool app that is all astrology. It's all things astrology. It's really like, you can have your chart read. We spent a lot of time talking about charts. We spent time talking about my Venus. <laughs> I'm not going to make the obvious joke here. <laughs> um, but to digress for a moment, because I think it's actually relevant... I was listening to another podcast this morning, um, one Brene Brown. Love her. And she was talking about the whole theme of it was, it was called day two. And it's the whole idea that like day one of anything, whether it's like an actual day or a phase, you know, it could be a month or whatever is always like the ramp up and it's exciting, you know, talking even in, in uh, like an allegory to a play, like the first act. It's like you meet the characters, everything is ramping up, it's interesting, everything is new, you're learning the themes. And then, you know, the third section, you call it day three or act three or whatever, is like kind of the resolution. And it's where the hero's journey comes to an end after, you know, an epic battle and whatever. And day two is where it just sucks. <laughs> and like, she calls it the messy middle. And it's where like, yes, the magic happens in the messy middle, but it's also where things suck. And I think she was speaking about it because that's really where it feels like we are right now, just like as a culture. We're in this really messy, icky place that feels like day two. And I feel like in thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of where we are with the business. I was just saying, I thought you were going to say it was where we are with the business, which is kind of where... Cause you know, as a culture, it's just like, well, who can say what the starting point is? Because we're obviously all in different places. But like as a business, yeah, that makes total sense. Right. We are in these sloppy, I don't, maybe not sloppy, but it's just like a little less romantic than, than the introduction. And yeah, it's messy. It's actually yeah. And her argument, I guess, culturally speaking, is like the, the events of the last six months have proven to us what a complete state of mess that we're in. But from the mess comes some sense of resolution or progress eventually. And I'm, I'm tying this all back because I think that it's times like these that people sort of look elsewhere for some kind of information or North Star or 
just another kind of outside force to kind of bring a little bit of context and light to the subject. And astrology, I think, can do that for a lot of people. Yeah, it's a little bit of getting outside of yourself and understanding that maybe there's something larger at play that is steering the ship. And that is comforting. Yeah. And I mean, I think conversely, even if you don't believe there's something larger at play, then sometimes it just gives you an opportunity to like give yourself permission to like feel yeah, like... The permission was like a really interesting one, actually. So I did, we, we both did our reading, whatever this morning, but was, it, was a, it was a little bit short. You can get the, you can do a much longer and much more in-depth reading on Sanctuary, but we did a sort of abbreviated one this morning, which was interesting. But I was thinking about in that, Contacts is thinking about that test that I just took recently, that personality test, the 16 personalities, which is the, the, uh, the Meyer Briggs Jungian test that is like insanely specific. And you can actually just go to 16personalities.com and take it. It takes like 20 minutes or so, depending how long you linger on each question. But like the feedback is like a four letter, basically like a code that explains the per- type of personality that you have. And then they give each one a, a, a title. So I thought that was like like one of the most, ah, I can't even like explain the feeling after I took it because it was just so like, yes, oh, finally. like Validating. Validating. Like I know exactly now how others see me, mm-hmm. which was like a little bit, a little bit okay. scary. All right. So I'm going to do that next. All right. You have to do it because yeah. I have to say it was like, again, it was like when you're done and it feels like you've done it accurately, the feeling is just like such an overwhelming sense of calm. I was like, okay, okay. that's who it is. That's who I am. Got it. Now I exactly with my life, with a new level of understanding uh, and perspective. So I don't know. This is, a, I think, astrology and horoscopes is sort of provides like a similar feeling for people who need like, you know, that context or it's sort of like get a deeper understanding about who they are, why they are, why they do the things they do. Yeah, exactly. I think it's all it is. It's, you know, it's data points, it's fun. And it's, I mean, who doesn't love just like analyzing themselves and thinking more about themselves, right? Like we all, we all do it. 2020s, aren't we just like in the most narcissistic moment of all time between Instagram, between social media and like, the president. I, the hype, yeah, right. Our president, who is obviously a narcissist. It, it's just like, it's so where we are as a culture. It's, it's, it's great, timing, great timing, sanctuary. Seriously, the more tools, the better. Okay, well, it's, it's you know, it's good to be back, back in the pod pocket. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy this little trip down uh, the Venus hole. <laughs> We love giving you ad-free episodes, but you're going to have to listen to this one real quick. Because this episode is brought to you by us. Yes, our brand new brand, Earth and Star, is taking your daily habits like cold brew and matcha and elevating them with adaptogens to give you some ridiculously healthy benefits. Benefits such as cognitive function, calm, stamina, and a huge boost to your immune system, which I think we can agree we all need right now. Our super convenient, ready-to-drink lattes are 100% certified organic and plant-based made with, what else? Rothy oat milk. Is there any other kind of oat milk today? I don't think so. No packets or tubs or clumpy, weird powder that no matter how much you try to mix it, it never seems to dissolve. Just a delicious little can of magic. We've got all the flavors. We've got cold brew coffee, matcha, 
turmeric, cacao, which is basically adult chocolate milk. And we are adding 2000 milligrams, that is no small dose, of functional mushroom extracts like lion's mane and chaga to basically upgrade your everyday habit into a kick-ass functional latte. Kick-ass. Kick-ass. Available at earthandstar.com. Take 15% off with the code HTW at checkout. Earth and Star Mushroom Lattes. Amazing taste. Healthy as sh- With that, we'll say welcome, Haley Hausman. Welcome, Haley. Very welcome. excited to be here. From Sanctuary, you head up brand and content at Sanctuary. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, I, um, I, I manage all the words that we do. <laughs> so I guess... For starters, if you want to give us like the quick rundown of what Sanctuary actually is and and how people can find it and use it, and then we're going to dive into the fun stuff. So Sanctuary is a mystical startup, but we have astrology readings and horoscopes as part of our app, which is available for iOS and Android both. Um, And then we also recently introduced some tarot features that hopefully we'll be expanding as as we grow. And we have lots of good secret mystical plans for stuff to add to the app. But right now, you can get your daily horoscope for your sun sign and your rising sign. You can chat with astrologers who are uh, available in the app via like a live chat feature. So you can ask real people about your birth chart. You don't have to Google or uh, sort of comb the internet for, for your answers. And you can also now generate your own birth chart in the app with an interactive birth chart tool so you can explore it on your own. Trying to make it as accessible as possible because I know for a lot of people, the all the signs and symbols and uh, there's just a lot of astrology content to parse. Try to make it easy for people to explore if it's new to you. Yeah. And I mean, I think not to minimize, I feel like it's, um, you know, it's, we can talk about it in terms of like the mystical experience, but the reality is this is like, this is a legitimate business. Like you guys have a huge following. You have, a, you, they've raised some funds. It's like a really slick killer app. And so I definitely want to like, you know, I think you should, you, you want to probably like tout that a little bit and tell us about, you know, how big a user base you have. Cause it's pretty impressive what you guys have built. Yeah. I mean, I've been very lucky that I've been at the company since the very beginning. And so I have watched us grow from, I think we had, less than a thousand followers when I took over the Instagram account two years ago. And we now have just under a million where I think we're, I don't, I didn't check it this morning, but we have something close to um, 950,000 followers on Instagram. And then we're also on you know Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Facebook, and we recently launched a medium blog. So we have a lot of long form astrology content on Medium, including we did a deep dive into the astrology of 2020 because it has been such a big year. So we we explored all of the really important transits and, and astrological goings on of this year on our Medium. And yeah, we, we have a very vocal, committed, wonderful community around the app who we, you know, we're really lucky. Everyone is very plugged in. Everyone's very excited. Anytime something new gets released, and people really want to learn. It's astrology, I think, is something that comes and goes in terms of how interested people are in it in for pop culture, but it's always there. 
it's been horoscopes have been around since 1930s. And I think now that we have apps and, and birth charts are so much more accessible, it's a really exciting time for astrology because suddenly the things that were only available to professional astrologers or just were too overwhelming to study on your own unless you had a very dedicated teacher and made it like the centerpiece of your life. Now, regular people can look at their own birth charts and and learn about themselves and use these really powerful tools to, you know, explore themselves and, and, and grow. And so that's one of the really exciting parts of this has been sharing and teaching people about birth charts. And, and teaching them how to explore it. I think most people know their one sun sign and then they don't necessarily know that they have a sign for every planet and you have all these other layers to it. Can we, uh, can I ask what each of your big three-year sun, moon, rising placements are? Okay, well, I'm going to stop you right there because I just would like to take a step back because <laughs> I, I, I am not, all of those things that you just said, I am not, familiar with i have to say oh, my astrology sure. knowledge, astrology knowledge is very <clears throat> limited i know that i have a horoscope i know that i'm an aquarius uh i know the day i was born i okay. don't have the time but i'm just wondering like can you just give like sort of a broader overview of like what is astrology and mm-hmm. and how does it break out in terms of like you know your horoscope and how do those things relate and then like also your you're, and then we can get into like, I think your birth chart and those other sort of more specific. This, um, is, this is perfect because I'm always uh, like, whenever we do conference calls at work, we are always like, what's your sun, moon, rising? Like we're, we're, we're so deep. Shallow water. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, no, this is great. So the equivalent to us being like, well, I'm pescatarian and sometimes <laughs> I eat dairy. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a vegetarian rising, etc. <laughs> so uh, basically, horoscopes are based on your birthday. And the reason that is, is because it used to be that they didn't record birth times on birth certificates. And so that was like very special privileged information that was very private, like probably only you and your mother and like whoever else was attended at your birth knew that information. And so when astrology went mainstream, which actually happened because a particular astrologer did Princess Margaret's birth chart when she was born for the, horror, for the newspaper in uh, the UK, and it became like sort of a sensation. And astrologers, of course, wanting to capitalize on this newfound interest, um, a particular astrologer developed the idea of a sun sign horoscope. And the reason it was so special is unlike your birth chart where you need your time and your place and your date, all you needed was the day you were born because sun signs are, are determined by, you know, uh, however many days, something usually between 23, 24 days per astrological season. And that was like, okay, if you're born on June 15th, you're a Gemini period. And then like, it does get a little tricky because they do change at like, you know, midday on, whatever day sometimes. But for the most part, if you knew your birthday, you knew your sign, which is what we just call it your sign, which is actually your sun sign. Mm-hmm. And so that made it easy to do horoscopes, right? Because if you know your birthday, you can read this special custom message for you. But what most people don't know is that 
horoscopes are astrologers use birth charts to do horoscopes too. Astrologers actually sit down with the birth chart of somebody who has that sign and they use their astrology magic to look at what is being impacted in somebody with a chart like that for the next month. So it's not just look at the stars and see what's happening. They, they actually do like a fair about, amount of research to develop even your day-to-day horoscopes for something like in the app. Um, the astrologers really like look at the different signs and how they're each going to be impacted differently. Most people, you know, if you say, what's your sign? They probably know. And they've probably read their horoscope, but they've maybe never thought about how that happens, like how that all comes together and and how much astrological work might be involved. And way back when in ancient times, astrology and astronomy were pretty much the same thing. You know, they, same tools, same vocabulary, which is why like occasionally NASA will say that there's an extra sign and like everybody gets confused because (laughs) the astrology and astronomy world use the same vocabularies a lot of the time. So, you know, when you say you know your sign, you know your sun sign. And you know, you already know some astrology just by, by knowing that. Now, we don't need pieces of paper and rulers and calculators because we have computers <laughs> and they can generate charts for us. And so what an app like Sanctuary does or what an online chart generator does is take the information about when and where you were born it uses math to put the stars in their right place. And it basically generates a map of where the stars are in relation to the constellations of the Zodiac. And that where those planets that were above you when you were born fall in the Zodiac is what gives you all your different signs. And so that's why you have actually have a sign for every planet. You have um, signs for asteroids, but you know, Anything you learned in elementary school science class about the planets, you know, how they move, how they have different paths around the sun, how they rotate, how they move in relation to Earth, all that stuff impacts astrology. And it's actually, that's the stuff that's happening in your chart from day to day. It's what makes your birthday different from my birthday. And what makes your chart different from my chart is actually like the astronomy part of astrology, which I think people, you know, if you take one of the, you know, the apps that will show you the the sky through VR and you can see the constellations above you, you can find Venus and you will find that Venus is, is lined up with the constellation of, you know, say Venus and Taurus. You can actually see Venus and Taurus in the sky. It's, it's tangible and it's, it's tactile. And I think that's something that makes astrology really a lot more approachable. <laughs> we have all these new technology tools. So, I mean, and I want to get to the birth chart conversation too, because we both we both did our charts and... Yeah, and- we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I'm here to answer your questions. Yeah, no, but I think, I guess, kind of zooming out a little bit, just talking about the use case. And obviously there is plenty of, I mean, as you well know, I'm sure there's plenty of cynicism and skepticism around all of this. And, and you know, I think many people kind of discount the use of astrology and say that that's people kind of looking for, you know, looking for answers or like looking for, you know, their fortunes to be told and looking for somebody to see into the future. And just based on what you're describing, I feel like I already have a better sense of like, just not actually what the 
purpose is supposed to be. And I'm sure that's probably to some degree how it's gotten bastardized over the years and over our, you know, culture, our cultural inability to not just like exploit something. <laughs> but, I mean, is it fair to say that it, it's supposed to provide kind of a, like a, a map of what was happening in the moment that you were born that supposedly kind of informs everything about you as a person and your personality traits and, and not necessarily like indicate what your future is so much as just give you a better sense of like the present or is that because I know that sometimes that's an argument around tarot and we can talk about that too but I'd love your take on that well so I'm a former tarot reader so I I approach them in 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 roughly the same way I think you know you're right there are lots of different kinds of astrology and there are there is astrology that's like very strictly predictive um and there is astrology that's very strictly like about determining the right time for something or when something might happen. But when you're talking about birth chart astrology in modern astrology, I think you're, you're describing exactly what it is. It's, it's a map of what the sky was doing when you were born that essentially determines a set of like factory presets for you. <laughs> and it's not that you don't have free will to mold yourself and, and you certainly are influenced by your experiences and, and how you how you're raised, how you grow up, all of those things don't countermand the astrology of your birth chart. They inform each other. Um, and it's, it's more like a set of, okay, like how do you feel around other people? How do you go after what you want? How do you process information? Or how do you, what is like the most comfortable mode of communication? Those are things that astrology can help you unpack. There's a fundamental like concept here that there, you know, we are so affected by the sun, the moon, the stars, because we essentially are the sun, the moon, the stars. I mean, like, what is the... So the fundamental concept of astrology, I think, is that the context we exist in, including the cosmological context, informs who we are. So, you know, where... What the planets are doing, what the stars are doing has an impact on us. But every culture that has an astrological a relationship to astrology has a different relationship to astrology and they use it for different things. And so in modern Western astrology, in sort of the astrology that sanctuary deals with and that I deal with on a day-to-day basis has a very specific viewpoint and vantage point in which you know, our astrology revolves around the birth chart and in individuals. Even within Western astrology, there's like other kinds of astrology that we don't touch and we don't deal with because we're not experts in it. And then outside of you know, the US and the UK and, and, and other folks who use Western astrology, you know, in India and the sort of subcontinental area, they use astrology for a lot of compatibility is like really often the focus there or um, determining when like particular auspicious days for, you know, events are, which is, there is some tradition of that in Western astrology, but it's much more powerfully, you know, it's 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 more influential there. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea is that not only is astrology, astrology is important because it gives us context for how we live our lives and, and what the stars we're doing. But also astrology itself is shaped by the cultural context. 
they're, they're not, you can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about astrology as a, as a big thing, there's actually like, we're, when we're talking about sanctuary astrology, like we're talking about a very specific pocket of a very specific kind of astrology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure if, if folks who were professional astrologers were listening to this, they would have lots of corrections for me um, about how I use my vocabulary around astrology. And they would also have their own interpretations. And so the other layer of this is astrology is lots of math, but also a lot of interpretation and, and a lot of you know, personal context and personal flavor. And so we have like certain standards that we use for sanctuary to make sure that everybody gets the same or analogous experiences. But even our different astrologers within the context of the app are coming to it with different backgrounds, different kinds of training, different specialties. There are lots of different professional organizations for astrology that try to sort of provide a standard of ethics and standard of like code of conduct. But there's a lot of variation. There's not, astrology is not, there's no umbrella there from a very long time, people were just content to get their horoscopes. And now with all these tools at their disposal, these conversations were always happening, but now they're not just happening within the astrological community. They're happening on a much larger scale. Well, it seems like, I mean, you know, in many ways, I feel like when they first started using the expression new age, like in the seventies, that's when, you know, the, the joke was like, that was, that's how, that was like kind of the opening line was like, what's your sign? But the reality is that we are, I think still, we're in like a new, new age where, you know, self-care and wellness kind of bisect things like this, which at the end of the day feel to me, at least just like another, just like another touch point to kind of figure out a little bit more about who you are and how you're wired and what makes you tick. And I think you can certainly take it to an extreme and get totally swept up in it and create some sort of like confirmation bias around, you know, reading your horoscope and then determining that like, that, you know, everything was preordained. And so it doesn't matter, you know, the choices that you make or the behaviors that you exhibit because your future has already been mapped out. But then on the other side of it, I don't know, I feel like, again, in the same way that people use meditation or yoga or all of these practices to kind of check in a little bit and understand, or even, even talking about like diet, like what makes you tick, what works for your body, what doesn't. Like, I think that is what this, this age is. It doesn't surprise me that you have a million followers on Instagram because especially the millennial generation, but even, you know, those of us in, in um, X and then those are the, you know, the ones in, in Gen Z, like we're all kind of at this place where we're like, we need some fucking answers and we need them now. And whatever it takes is kind of, I think the attitude of like, if, you know, I mean, for my own self-care diet, like I will try 30 different modalities until I figure out what helps me sleep and what helps me feel a little bit more chill. So, you know, just in terms of like the navel gazing self-exploration, which I think we're all a bit guilty of at this point, that to me kind of feels like, you know, it's sort of serving, a, it, it, it's almost like a religion in a non I mean, it's probably a controversial statement, but... For a lot of people, I think there is a very powerful spiritual aspect to astrology. And we really talk about it in the context like being a tool or being, you know, I I think modality is like a, a really good way of expressing it. But it's one tool among many available for self awareness. 
particularly birth chart focused astrology is really focused on being aware of what your, you know, those factory presets are, how to work with them, how they interact with like the planetary weather that you're experiencing at any given time. Like everybody I think knows that Mercury retrograde is a thing, Um, but you can be born in Mercury retrograde or you can be born in Mercury direct. You have a Mercury sign that also like flavors that. So like if you're born Mercury in Mercury retrograde, and you have a uh, Aries mer- Mercury. So, you know, you have um, maybe a very forceful way of expressing yourself. And then, you know, in a retrograde period, you maybe cope better with Mercury retrograde because you were born in it. There's like a lot of different ways of like, okay, so I know this is happening in the sky. I know this is happening in my chart. I can think critically about how they interact. I can talk to an astrologer about how they interact. And then I can make my choices informed by that. And so, you know, it doesn't take away your free will, but it gives you extra information. Should we talk about charts for a second? Because that's, yeah, that's kind of like the specialty. <laughs> I didn't know, like, I guess I should, I've had my chart done before, but um, having it done recently with you guys, I, it really made me realize how little I know besides my sun sign. And I'm interested in this stuff. Like I, again, I try not to take it too seriously, but I do find that like, you know, there are days where I get my horoscope and I'm like, oh, that just gives me like a little boost. And then there are other days that it's, you know, maybe shitty that I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a lot. And, you know, whatever, but I, I don't live and die by it. But so the idea with a chart is that you take your sun sign and then you also have your, your planet and your rising sign. But so basically you have your sun sign and your moon sign. And then you have what's called the rising sign or the ascendant. And so that rising or ascendant, I think, throws people a little bit, but it's basically whatever constellation was rising over the horizon when you were born. And so those three are called the luminaries. And we also call them the big three. But basically, like those are going to be the big, strong placements in your chart. They tend to be the thing, the three, that, that combo of three tends to be the the combo that resonates most deeply with people because you already know your sun sign. Your sun rules like your ego, your sense of self. Your moon sign rules your emotions and your unconscious. And your rising sign, there are a lot of different interpretations for what rising sign represents. But you know, for us, we, we think the easiest way to explain it is that it represents how you appear to other people. And if you were to open the app, I have my little chart here. So like, this is what your astrologer would look at. They have like a much more detailed version, but it's a circle within a circle and it shows what sign your planets are in. And then there's like a a list feature because not everyone is comfortable reading the circles. And so it actually will like list your individual planets. I was a skeptic before I started on my astrological journey, but I was also a tarot reader. So I was primed (laughs) to to be into it. And I found that my, my actual chart, my full chart, explained a lot more about the way I moved through the world and the way I felt than just my sun sign did. It wasn't that my sun sign was inaccurate. It just was flat because it was only one thing. And so birth charts expand the picture, like you know, turning up the resolution on a camera image. You just get a lot more detail. So I'm assuming most of your users are female. Yes. I had to guess. 
and what and there what what would the age range be? You know, I think our we do have clients across an age range, like from as young as 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 you can imagine to folks going through their second Saturn return, which is your late early sixties. And you know, astrology is useful to any age, but um, our sort of the, the folks who are interested in birth charts intersects really neatly with like the folks who are interested in our social content and our, our memes and also like our, our our general astrology milieu. So it's millennials and Gen Z and predominantly women, though there are there are there's a significant portion of men. I think there is a a an idea that astrology is only for women or that astrology is like less like less interesting to men. And for that, like I always push back on that because while that may be true from a demographic standpoint, there are a lot of men who really care about astrology. There are a lot of men who find it really interesting. Um, Fairly even gender split within our, you know, our team about, you know, who, who's reading for us, who's working with us for content. Um, And a lot of the, you know, best and brightest astrologers that are working right now are men. But that said, it is predominantly women that are. The yeah. I think it's just interesting because it's like, okay, you have all this knowledge now. You sort of gained this insight into who you are, why you act the way you do. You know, it, it seems to be that like women are usually the, you know, the group that they're more interested in the sort of know thyself kind of um, approach to life because it's, I, I would assume, somewhat empowering and allows you to steer the ship a little bit more, you know, intentionally. Once you have all of this knowledge, and I think it applies to so many other areas, like why, what, what is it about it, like that is so empowering? Do you think, like, what drives people to sort of go through all of these steps? Because it's a lot of information. I mean, just yeah. looking on the app and going through, you know, the 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 basics, the planets, the signs, the moon phases, the aspects, the asteroids and comets, the elements, the modalities, nodes and transits. I mean, it's just a lot to sort of piece together. Yeah. Get a better understanding of who you are and why you maybe act the way you do or why certain things are going a certain directions. It's like, what do you do with that information? What, you know, it's just, it's a lot. So, so I think there are a couple different like vectors that come out of having this information that you sort of people pursue, but depending on what they're interested in, a lot of folks are really interested in like important dates for them, right? So looking at your birth chart, comparing it to what's happening in the, over the next month and identifying like days in which like important stuff or big stuff is going to be activated in your birth chart. So that you can plan for it, you know, say, like you said, you know, Mars retrograde is happening right now. If you currently have Mars in Aries, you're going to feel that a lot more. And so I think on one hand gives people a chance to plan and it does put the ball in your court, right? It's a lot about agency and self-determination to, to feel like you have more information about how to plan your day. Um, a lot of folks who are really into astrology look at the transits and the astrology in their life to pick out things like when to launch a business, when to make some like unimportant decision, whether or not they want to, you know, they don't, they don't want to 
jump the ship too early on something because right now is just maybe it's just Mercury retrograde and like give it a couple weeks and see what happens. Or um, maybe you're going through your Saturn return, which is what happens when Saturn returns to the same place in your chart as it occupied when you were born. And Saturn is a planet that deals with responsibility and structure. And a lot of people find that when they have their Saturn return, their life is totally restructured or their relationship to responsibility. You know, maybe it's, going back to school, maybe it's um, getting married, maybe it's choosing to have children. A lot of people find that age range of 27 to 29 to be really impactful and they want to plan for it or they want to reflect on it if it's already happened for them. So there's, there's that portion of it, sort of dates and planning. And then I think the other tool is more in the realm of like a personality test, like having information that says like, oh, I'm a Pisces moon. And so I know I'm going to feel things very deeply. And so I can prepare myself for that. And it's something that I can share with other people who love astrology. And they, they now know that about me. And, and it can be a tool for understanding each other better. All well, of my I think also to that point, sorry to interrupt, but I feel like, especially in that example, um, I'm also somebody who feels things very deeply. I have to check my moon. But I think that that is an example of a way that it can actually kind of bring you a little bit of comfort and a little bit of like, I don't even want to say comfort. I want to say like permission, like, because I mean, again, this is something that we talk about all the time in, in the various sort of areas of, of wellness and, you know, especially with therapy and, and mental well-being is we're all a bit hard on ourselves. We're all a bit unkind, you know, negative self-talk is, 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 is a real thing. And, you know, if you, for example, know that you take things harder than others or you, you know, internalize whatever, it feels like one other kind of lever you can pull that says like, okay, let's, you know, let's slow down with the sort of self-loathing discussion and let's like, you know, like let, let this be okay. Yeah, I think permission is a great way of thinking about it. It's giving yourself permission to be the way you are, giving yourself a chance to you know, just make peace with the fact that like there are some things about our personality that aren't changeable, that just simply are. And rather than trying to fight against them, you have more information to work with them. There are a lot of things about, for example, being a Pisces moon that uh, can be a little challenging, frankly. Like I, I know I, I, there are times where I get emotional that I prefer not to get emotional. And not that it's the end all or be all, but giving myself permission to be emotional when I'm emotional is like a good is a good reminder, and it, it's a lot healthier to allow yourself to be than it is to fight against how you feel and how you move through the world. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people find that the deeper they go, the more ways they feel comforted and reassured that there's a there's, there's some sort of reason or context for how they are. Like they're not just a nebulous entity being buffeted by the winds of chaos. Like there, there's some rhythm or reason there. And I think especially astrology diehards would say that this is a tool given to you so that you don't feel totally at sea in the right. world. And yeah, totally a tool, I think is what makes sense. So um, what does it mean that my Venus is returning? <laughs> Well, so like I said, so the per- so I will say that 
when people come in for readings, like there are a bunch of like very specific topics, right? Like love, money, careers, and like, you know, what I would call like luck or life path, like trying to find some deeper purpose. Love and compatibility is just always a perennial. And I think, you know, there's a lot of very classical associations between Venus and love. And so people are just like, that one, tell me about that one. (laughs) Um, So Venus return is, you know, any kind of planetary return is a chance to revisit like your assumptions about how you are supposed to be or how the world is supposed to be. And so do you know what your Venus sign is? Do you have the app open? My Venus sign. Where do I find that? So if you go into your chart um, and then you hit the planets tab, it should be like the second or third one. Venus rules your, so it's it's what Venus is ruling? Is that uh, Venus rules your values and yours is in? Leo, in my eighth house. Uh Okay. So when you have a Venus return, it's a chance to reassess your values and what you love and what you desire. But it's also a chance to reassess your values in terms of money and how you spend it, how you earn it, what uh, sort of what you place energy into is values, not just in monetary or interpersonal, but also just like values in terms of what do you invest your time into? Is it, is it working for you? When, you know, a Leo uh, Venus needs a lot of recognition for the investments that they make and the values that they have and the love that they have to share with other people. And do you feel like you're getting enough recognition and feedback? Do you feel like what you're putting into your investments, both interpersonal and monetary and uh, material, I should say, do they feel like they're paying off? Is it time to adjust how you invest your time if you're not getting what you need back? Uh, Because, you know, reciprocity is a very important part of how you express your values. Like it. How, How was your reading experience? Like, did you... You're on the chat, right? Yeah, on the chat. Um, I had a few technical glitches, so um, and I don't know if that was a Wi-Fi issue or what. I found it, you know, I think it created more questions than answers for me and actually left me wanting more. And I did not pull that thread because I didn't have <laughs> it. Um, but I did actually, I was interested particularly in that comment around the Venus return. And, you know, I think some stuff, either didn't necessarily apply or I wasn't totally clear on like what the interpretation was and other stuff kind of resonated. And, you know, I mean, it was like a 15 minute thing. So I don't think 15 minutes is really tough. um, I think the only other time I had it done, it was like a two hour phone call and I was exhausted. I only did five minutes and then I extended it. Okay. Another 10 minutes. We'll we'll talk later about that. (laughs) Make sure that you get what you needed. Um, Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, we do them in these very small increments, I think, because it, it's hard to explain to folks the value of a reading if you've never done it before. And if you're really new to astrology, we have a five minute intro reading, which is like a very nice bite sized peek at your chart. I think, you know, the 10 to 20 minute readings are great if you have a specific question like your Venus return, mm-hmm. um, because you can't really cover. We, we've now we, we've we've ha- hashed out how much information is in your chart. It's difficult to cover your whole chart yeah. in eight minutes. 
we offer longer readings and I also know that, you know, other sort of um, uh, more traditional readings, like you said, you had a phone reading um, or interpersonal reading. My first birth chart reading was also two hours long and that was with a, with an astrologer sitting across the table from them. Mm-hmm. But I think two, two hours on a oh, yeah. call with a stranger talking about like your innermost details of your birth chart yeah. is a little, is it like very overwhelming for me? Indulgent. Yeah. And, and so, you know, our, our goal is to open the, crack open the door. Um, you know, you're in the app, you, you look at the birth chart, you maybe have a specific question like, Oh, you know, I noticed that uh, I have Mars and Venus. I have Mars and Aries and like Mars is and Aries right now. I wonder what that means for me. That's a great question to take to an astrologer because when you Google that, it can be really hard to find a good answer. It's like, what does this mean for me specifically? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, that's what these can do. I always tell people that like, if you've never gotten a birth chart reading before, the, my number one thing that I tell people to ask for is a Saturn return information because demographically pretty much everyone who's interested in astrology has either recently gone through a Saturn return or is going to go through a Saturn return and it tends to be like a really big fundamental shakeup and most people remember if they haven't recently gone through their Saturn return what it was like to be 28 <laughs> like you know th- that end of your 20s period is pretty eventful for most people. Um, and so it's pretty easy to really sort of remember back to what were you doing at 27 or 28, 29, if you're not about to hit it yourself. But that's a longer reading. That's like, I, I that it's hard to unpack your sudden return in less than 20 yeah. minutes. All right. Um, Good for next time. Well, this is fun and interesting. And um, I hope people take it for what it is, which is just that fun and interesting and another, another data point. And thank you so much for all of the Absolutely. Extra little tidbits we got there on our own. Yeah. If, if any of it interests folks, they should definitely explore further because, you know, as a, working at a astrology startup is really great in that I learn so much every day about astrology. There is so much to learn. Yeah. Um, and if it makes you nervous, uh, obviously we have the basics in the app for you to explore in a less nerve-wracking uh, capacity. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much, Haley. It was so nice chatting and um, good luck with your Mars retrograde. Uh, (laughs) And uh, everybody should check out the Sanctuary app. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.